Joining us now, he is the 1983 PGA champion, Hal Sutton. Hal, welcome back into the golf shop. Well, glad to be here. Yeah, as we uh, as we get ready for the PGA Championship coming up, uh, harken back to those days in 1983. Not only did you win the PGA, but you also won the Tournament Players Championship, which was uh, played back in March at that point. How did that How did that TPC win kind of change things for you in terms of expectations? Because coming into the majors, obviously at Augusta, you just won the TPC. You had to be kind of on people's lists of maybe potential favorites uh, throughout the major season in 83. Well, it lifted everybody's expectations, uh, including mine. And, uh, you know, when you prove that you can beat a field like the TPC, you know, then you begin to expect to be a contender in uh, the majors as well. And, uh you know, it's always fun whenever you uh, establish yourself like that and, and the challenges on and to see how you do. And, you know, I never did win any more majors. Um, I had several chances to win more, but uh, couldn't get it done. It's not easy. Hal, I remember distinctly back back then in 1983, I think you were, what, 25 years old at the time? And, and, so. and, and, you know, you, you were talking about raised expectations, and I remember distinctly them saying, this guy is the next Jack Nicklaus. And I, I know you remember people saying that. What kind of pressure or did you feel pressure from, from just those comments from a lot of people around the country? Oh, yeah, you feel pressure from that. Sure. I mean, you know, uh, a lot of people, not just Hal Sutton, you know, everybody that came along, the world wanted another Jack Nicklaus. Yeah, Nicholas. exactly. And it took a lot of years in order for – someone like Tiger Woods to come along and uh, you know, and there were a lot of good players along the way that just didn't measure up to everybody's expectations. And, you know, that's very difficult to deal with. Uh, uh, you know, you, you're uncertain of how good you are, you know, and, and every week is a new defining moment for you. And, you know, uh, if you're not living up to others' expectations, I can promise you they're talking about it and writing yeah, about yeah, it. That's right. And it's pretty hard not to to see that, and you know, to remain uh, within yourself and make your own expectations what's most important to you. Uh, that's difficult to do. You know, and, and in that 1983, you finished sixth at the U.S. Open at Oakmont. Uh, I believe Larry Nelson was the winner of that. Did, did you learn something from a major perspective there? I mean, you had played in some majors before. Uh, up until that point, your best finish was in the U.S. Open, uh, tied for 19th. You, you came in sixth in that U.S. Open. Did you did you learn, maybe not necessarily about winning, but did you, did you learn about being in the hunt and, and being there for, you know, on a Saturday and a Sunday in in the hunt? Well, yeah, you learn. I mean, I was in the last group on Saturday. It was Ballesteros and uh, uh, Tom Watson and myself in the last group. And we all held the lead at different times in the day. And, you know, I made 23 birdies that week at the U.S. Open. Nobody was even close to me in terms of birdies. (laughs) But, you know, You know, I I was thinking about it today. You know, I talk to kids all the time about 
trying to keep their career in perspective, you know, and, and I can promise you there's not a golfer alive that was happy with what they did. They all thought they could have been better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, you may be happy, internally happy, but you always were pushing to be better. And, uh, you know, somehow I look back on my career, I won 14 times. I mean, it's hard to win one time on the PGA Tour, much less 14 times. And okay. you you look at somebody like Woods and Nicholas and, and uh, uh, Mickelson that have won, you know, 40, 50, 60 tournaments, you know, I can't even comprehend that, and I spent 25 years out there. <laughs> so I don't know what the common everyday golfer can comprehend. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and, you know, so as, again, we talk with uh, 1983 PGA champion Hal Sutton. Hal, I mean, do you like – I mean, I know we're, we're going to have the PGA back in August time frame uh, because of circumstances, but do, do you like the PGA moving to May – and and maybe getting a little bit more priority. I mean, for a while there, it seemed like the PGA was was number four on the list. I would hedge the bet that the PGA has moved up a ton because they've 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 gone to great venues. They've gone to former U.S. Open venues. But I think the USGA lost the playability of their golf courses. They became kind of quirky. They sometimes it became too much. We've gone to some places that haven't necessarily turned out, whether it's weather or conditions. I just feel like the PGA, from from my standpoint of a rotational tournament, has become top-notch because they allow you to make a bunch of birdies, but if you make a mistake, you're making bogeys, doubles, and the dreaded other. Well, I think there's several things that have happened with the, the new date. Uh, uh, they have opened up more possibilities in terms of venues. Uh, when you are late or an August date, there's certain golf courses that just can't play the tournament. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to maybe some new venues, some different venues. Uh, and then to be able to be one of the early majors, that there's a lot of excitement in one of the early majors, you know. And, um instead of just the last major of the year. And so I think there's some things that will be positive about it, uh, you know, but I think there's also some things that are, you know, um, others will think are negative. You know, I know this. I've lived long enough to know that there's people on both sides of the fence on any argument. That's, right. That's exactly right. Yeah, I, you know, uh, the, the, the thing that I have found over the past, I guess, 15 years, how is the PGA, to me, has been the most compelling of the four majors because of what Mark just said, because they let you make birdies, because they're moving around the country and playing better venues. And I just think, uh, I mean, what's wrong with shooting 15 under par, 12 under par, 8 under par, as opposed to you know trying to make a golf course so hard that you got to just scratch and claw to shoot even par? I, I don't find that fun to watch at all. Well, it never was a whole lot of fun to play, play either. I'll be honest I'm with sure you. Know, we that. watched the last round at the Memorial, and yeah. those guys were just trying to get in any way they could, you know. And and I can be, I can promise you, when you're standing on a par three, like 16 was, and you're not sure you can hold the green with yeah. any kind of shot you can hit, uh, that's an uneasy feeling when it's all carryover water. Yeah, and you know. 
when you put yourself, when you know, when the U.S. Open puts puts guys in that position a lot, uh, it's it's difficult circumstances. It's certainly a mental test. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you that too about you know obviously being able to. We see how golf courses can be manipulated, and we you know, Jack's never resting at, at Muirfield Village. Uh, you know, you won the tournament back in in 1986. I mean, how different is that golf course from 86 to now? I mean, do you even recognize it? Well, they have changed it quite a lot. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that are still familiar, uh, but there are some things that are different. Um, you know, that was always one of my favorite places to play because it was always in perfect shape. He's got an incredible practice facility there. And because Jack was the player he was, you know, he, he really – put the players first and you really felt that when you were there, it was a real, uh, almost a, a golf spiritual feeling. Wow. And I bet that feeling is still around that place. Uh, I bet all the current players in the world really enjoy going to Muirfield because that was important to Jack to create that, that atmosphere. So how is that same atmosphere at, at Bay Hill or is, is, is Jack's a little more so or, is it about equal? Because I would think it's, you know, when Arnold was alive, I would think it was just as it probably was equal. But now that he's not, I'm not so sure it has, you know, that feel that Nicholas has now. Would you would you say that's accurate? Uh, you know, uh, I think Bay Hill, everybody was um, – always aware that that was Arnold's place and that, uh, you know, he was the king and special and all that, but I'm, I'm not sure they ever got it to the feeling that Jack got near field. Yeah. uh, Uh, I'm just being honest. So, Hal, before we let you go, what was what was your favorite tournament uh, throughout your career? I mean, you know, we always see we see Tiger wins at certain venues. We see some guys always seem to play well at certain venues. What was what was maybe if if you had one or if you had a couple that were your favorite stops on tour? Well, we just mentioned both of them, my TPC really? and Muirfield. Wow. So, <laughs> I mean, those were my two favorite, and I and I'll be honest with you. It was because uh, the practice facilities at both places were unbelievable. The golf courses were always in great shape. And it just they both had an atmosphere around them that very few places could create. Mm-hmm. And as a golfer, you went there and you felt like you arrived in golfer's heaven. Wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, um, of the uh, British Open courses, was was there any course that you uh, that just kind of that tore you apart? I mean, we see we see weather conditions can can have an effect on those courses over there. Uh, was there one that you just were like, man, I don't even want to go play this one because uh, <laughs> you know the conditions were going to be bad. You just know it was going to be a you know a pain to play. Well, you never knew for sure what the weather conditions were going to be, and it could change so rapidly over there. You know, you could have really bad weather in the morning or afternoon and great the opposite uh, swing. So, uh, you know, you never knew what was going to be thrown at you at the British Open. You know, Carnoustie, in my opinion, was the hardest of all the ones that I played. Uh, But, you know, I love Muirfield over there. That was my favorite place over there. 
Yeah, awesome. So, anyway. Well, what do you think is going to happen at Harding Park? You think, uh, you know, this is kind of an unknown venue. I was talking about it earlier in the show that, you know, certain guys have played there. There was a WGC there. There was a President's Cup there. There was a, a match play there. So nobody's really had a lot of experience with this golf course. I mean, uh, how do you think this is going to play out? Well, I'm I'm going to be just like you. I'm going to be curious to see. Uh, uh, you know, no fans and uh, I mean we're we're living in unprecedented times yeah. right now, yeah. and and I don't think anybody can count on anything. And uh, you know, I, I'm I look forward to seeing a, a good tournament. I'm sure we will see a good tournament, uh, but. I have no earthly idea how it's going to play out. You know, you know how when when golf came back, I was so excited to watch golf, and I was it didn't it didn't matter for the first couple three weeks that it didn't have fans. But now, I'm starting to really really miss the fans because they do have such an impact on on the feel of it. Uh, you know, just the whole vibe uh, of of a real golf tournament. And I don't know how you feel about that, but I just I'm missing the fans badly, even on the broadcast. Yeah, well. Let me tell you what I think it's really done. It's really proven that sport is about the fans and the athletes. Thank you for saying that. And, and that's in all sports. That's right. You know, it's hard to watch a baseball game without fans. It's hard to watch a basketball game without fans. I mean, the, the, the spirit, the atmosphere, all of those things are what has made athletes want to be athletes. Yeah. And the competitive spirit – is not just true for a player. It's also true for the fans. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do if college football doesn't play. I mean, God, <laughs> that is my absolute favorite thing on a Saturday to watch. It's just – Well, I, I feel badly for all the athletes oh, out yeah. there in the world. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I've got a, a nephew that's a really good football player. He plays for Baylor, you know, and quarterback, and – you know, he's a freshman this coming year, and he didn't know what to expect, and look what he's getting. Yeah. Yeah. He may not even get a season, yeah, you right. know. So, And then think about the Drew Breeses and the Tom Brady's of the world that are at the tail end yeah, of their career. Exactly. Yep. And trying to add to their records already, and they're not sure if they're going to get to play yeah. either. Yeah. You know, it's it's, shame. It, this is tough on everybody. It is. Well, Hal, as always, man, we appreciate you coming on with us, uh, and uh, good luck. Have fun. All right, thanks a lot. That is uh, Hal Sutton, 1983 PGA champion. Brought to you by the Myrtle Beach World Amateur Handicap Championship. It's the world's largest amateur golf tournament. Join golfers from all over the world at the 37th Myrtle Beach World Amateur, August 31st through September 4th. Log on to MyrtleBeachWorldAmateur.com. And, Maddie, don't forget your GolfKnickers.com. Ladies, youth, get it all at GolfKnickers.com. We can't guarantee better scores, but we can guarantee you look and feel better. GolfKnickers.com. Coming up next, Robert Carlson talk a little champ tour stick around for that mark greenhouse matt blanchard liberty bill you're listening to the golf shop radio network